Let us pray together. Dear God, you so loved our world that you came to us in Jesus. And yet, many back then did not recognize, they could not see the time of your visitation. And many of us struggle even today. So we pray for new eyes. We pray for new vision to finally see. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Palm Sunday sure is a very confusing day, isn't it? I mean, all of Jerusalem comes out to welcome Jesus as their long-expected Messiah, thinking that he's going to kick out the hated Romans as fast as you can say Pontius Pilate. But the problem, as Daryl shared with us this morning already in his intro, is that we know this story already. And so for every Hosanna that we hear today, we can already hear a crucify him from Friday. These Sundays we've been in the Gospel of Luke. And... For the last ten chapters in this particular gospel, we've been following Jesus as he sets his face to go to Jerusalem. These hugely significant words are found in various forms in chapters 9, 13, 17, 18, and early in chapter 19, and today we hear him again in verse 28 at the beginning of our reading, Jesus went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. In other words, Jesus is not just heading into the city of David like some accidental tourist. His deep sense of obedience to God is propelling him toward this city. And what does obeying God actually mean for him? It means defending the vulnerable. It means loving his enemies. It means resisting, resisting evil with good. And so, we can just feel the kingdom of God that He has been proclaiming of love and forgiveness and reconciliation now on this terrible collision course, collision course with the powers that be in Jerusalem and in Rome and their empire of domination, exploitation, and homicidal violence. You know, throughout Jesus' ministry, 
He has been challenging us and challenging us to see everything around us with new eyes. I think it was Anne Lamott who said, salvation is a new pair of glasses. Amen? No one can see God's kingdom, Jesus says in John 3.3, without being born from above, without receiving new vision from God. This is what Jesus is talking about today as he weeps over the city. In their blindness, people cannot see in him that God is with them. And now, dear friends, as we move inexorably toward the cross, you can just feel it in these texts. We feel, don't we, our need for new vision like never before? Because you see, many will be unable to see what the cross is about to reveal about God. Many will regard it as nothing but foolishness and a scandal. But for those who have eyes to see, are we among them? We're about to see our very fullest revelation of who God is. As Drew Hart says in his book that some of us are reading in a Sunday school class, it is in the crucified Christ that God's wisdom and power are most fully revealed. And dear friends, for us to be ever able to see in this way, we're going to need a whole lot of profound refocusing of our eyes. You know, even our verse for 2016 from Isaiah 43 carries this same message. I'd never noticed it. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you perceive it? Do we see it? What a verse for us to carry through Holy Week. I'm about to do a new thing. Do you see it? Back when we lived in China in the 1990s, these uh, stereogram pictures were all the rage. Oh, it's upside down. Ha, ha, ha. And no matter how hard I tried to look at this, I could never see that hidden 3D image inside it. Maybe some of you are still there. In fact, I know some of you are. You're getting frustrated with me sending these out. Like me, all you can see is a blob of colors, right? Now, the beautiful thing that is that while we were in China the 10-year-old daughter of our dearest Chinese friends sat me down one day and taught me how to see. She sat there and was going in and out, in and out with me. And I was reminded of Jesus' words in Luke 10, You have hidden these things from the sight of the wise 
and reveal them to infants. And what a thrill it was when I finally could see that 3D image hidden in that picture and the birds and the flowers were suddenly rising up the page right before me. To get us thinking about how Jesus teaches us to refocus our eyes. That's why I sent this out. How he helps us to look and see our world with new eyes. So the question I have for you is, what's in this image? What did you see? What did you see? Yeah, our world. Our world. Jesus helps us to see our world with new eyes. So friends, let's go now to Jerusalem and let's see what Jesus wants to show us. The Passover of 33 AD is fast approaching. And for many days now, great masses and throngs of people have been streaming into Jerusalem from every land, expanding the city's population from 40,000 to 250,000. That's a little bit like Pittsburgh suddenly showing up in Lancaster. Pilgrims are camped out everywhere. Around the city walls and the nearby hills, they've all come to celebrate the central event of their faith, their liberation by God from Pharaoh's house of slavery 1,500 years earlier. Now, with that story in everybody's mind, who's going to be nervous? But the Roman occupation... The troops, the governors, this story is on their minds. Everybody is on edge, as are the religious authorities and anyone who benefits from their collaboration with Rome. Today, Jerusalem's dazzling temple is packed with pilgrims. Trumpets are blasting. The air is thick with burnings, incense, and tens of thousands of lambs. Tens of thousands of lambs are being readied for sacrifice. Imagine that bleeding, bleating cacophony. Friends, it's in our reading today that Jesus rides into this this city. And what an entry it is. With everyone throwing down their cloaks and waving branches before him. After experiencing crushing occupations, first by Babylon, then by Greece, and then by Rome, the city is waiting expectantly for God's Messiah finally to come. To kick out the Romans. And to establish God's reign of shalom. And the great irony is that all of their hopes are about to be fulfilled. But in none of the ways, none of the ways that they expect. Their Messiah really is making his triumphal entry today. 
His coronation is really at hand. But only for those with eyes to see. Soon Jesus will receive his crown of thorns, his purple robe of mockery, and an emblem proclaiming his kingship nailed above his head on the cross. In Philippians 2, we hear what may be one of the earliest hymns of the church. And Paul urges us to have the same mind, the same vision, the same eyesight that was in our Lord Jesus Christ. For those with eyes to see, Paul says, Jesus reveals to us the downward character of God's love. He shows us that the way down is the only way up. Jesus comes down to our world, down, down, and is born in a stable, in a forgotten village. Later in his ministry, he reaches down to lepers, tax collectors and prostitutes, and many of them experience God's love for them for the very first time. In the upper room, Jesus kneels down to wash his disciples' feet, as we'll be doing this Thursday downstairs. In the garden, he kneels down yet again And says to his Abba, not my will, but your will be done. And then on the cross, Jesus refuses to retaliate. And lays down his own life instead. And then 1 Peter 3.19 says that he even goes down into hell. Wherever that may be to save the lost and the forsaken. God, it's been said, is sometimes most hidden at the moment of fullest disclosure. Let me say that again. God, it's been said, is sometimes most hidden at the moment of fullest disclosure. After his death on the cross, Jesus' downward way to his friends and his disciples seems only to lead to his complete defeat and annihilation. But after God raises him from the dead. His his followers slowly begin to refocus and to see that on the cross, Jesus was revealing the awesome servant character of divine power. 
A king who uses his power not to dominate and to control, but to save and to heal and to liberate. They see on the cross that Jesus was taking upon his own body all the sins of the world. Everything that separates you and me from God. They see that on the cross, God was drawing good from evil so wisely, so beautifully for the reconciliation of all people. Indeed, for the reconciliation of the whole cosmos. They see They see that God was vindicating the downward way of Jesus and breaking for all time the powers of death and every earthly empire over us. Broken powers. And in the end, I hope I'm not stealing Samantha's fire, Next Sunday on Easter, love wins. But only through our Lord's costly and nonviolent suffering. That's how love wins. And dear friends, For those of us who have eyes to see, our Lord Jesus discloses the great secret of the universe. The upward ascending ways of our world, grasping at power and fame and wealth, all those upward ways only lead to death. Only our Lord's humble downward way can bring new life, God's life, into our homes, into our families, into our neighborhood, into our church, and to the city. That's how new life comes in. And it's only from down below, from the underside of worldly power, from the vantage point of the poor and the vulnerable that will ever be able to see our world and God and each other as we really are. In our nation right now, We seem to be entering into an election season, and who knows, maybe a period of history where the upward way of grasping at power, of cheering on violence, of humiliating the vulnerable is being championed like never before. It's nothing new for this empire, but it's being 
championed more baldly and boldly than ever before. So sisters and brothers, what is the downward way of Jesus? What's it going to require of us in the days ahead? And what will obedience to God, resisting evil with good, defending the vulnerable, loving our enemies, what will obedience require of us? Don't we need each other? Don't we need each other, every single one of us, like never before? To really be able to see what is happening and to see what God is asking of us, don't we need every one of us for that? In every generation, there are those who actually take seriously the downward way of our Lord Jesus Christ. It demands our soul. It demands our life. It demands our all. Will we, will we be among them? Amen.